0: Hello, everybody, welcome back to Boss Rush Expansion Pass, your place for everything bonus content related for the Boss Rush Network. I am your host this week, Corey Derrick, and alongside me again is that retro code, Eddie B. Hello, everyone. Hi, boss. Hi. Hi, Ed. Hi. We get to do it again. Hang out. Yeah. Talk about games, Nintendo in particular because we're gonna take a look at Nintendo in 2022. So we are so what we're doing, I, I want to preface this by saying we're recording this before the game awards happen uh, but this this episode is coming out in 2022 in January, but we're recording before the holiday break because we want to have some episodes you know kind of banked and whatever. So we don't know if Nintendo's announced anything yet. Trust me, we'll probably have an addendum to this episode at some point after the game awards because I'm sure there's going to be like an announcement there or a direct or something that's going to throw a wrench in this whole thing, right, Ed? But like, yeah. I want to talk about the games that are coming to Nintendo Switch in 2022. And we're going to use the infographic that Nintendo has provided for fans at this point, which includes. Pokemon Legends, Ar- uh, Arceus, Advance Wars 1 and 2, Reboot Camp, Triangle Strategy, Bayonetta 3, Splatoon 3, Mario and Rabbids, uh, Sparks of Hope, Kirby and the Forgotten Land, Monster Hunter Rise, Sunbreak, Dying Light 2, Stay Human, Cloud Version, and the sequel to The Legend of Zelda, Breath of the Wild. Obviously, I think we're going to save Zelda for last because we always do. <laughs> so... <laughs> Only a couple of these games have firm release dates. I think we're going to obviously get way more than this next year. But this is a pretty solid lineup, I think, first of all for Switch in 2022. What do you think, Ed?
1: Oh, super strong. Yeah, very good side uh, side of the lineup. And I just... I don't even know where to begin. Definitely starting to get off with Pokemon. Yeah. Yeah, especially the... I think the
0: Pokemon game... Well sort of the Pokemon game everybody's been waiting for, kind of like an open-ish world Pokemon. Uh, I know that there, it's not really open world. I know it's kind of... I would say it's kind of open, but also a linear Pokemon game, just kind of more open. Right, set in the... Mm-hmm. I don't know what region it's set in. I'm so bad at Pokemon, but it looks cool. I think it looks like uh, the game that I will probably jump in on, because this is kind of like a Pokemon game that I would want. Not that, uh, brilliant, pearl, diamond, whatever the the remakes are that are out right now, but like, I want a Breath of the Wild style Pokemon, and this is probably the closest we're ever going to get to that. Uh, yes. Anyways, continue. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I just. Oh no we're, no. We're gonna no, go no. deep. We're gonna go deep on each one of these for sure. So, yeah, continue.
1: No. Uh, so. Uh, just started with Pokemon for just January. I'm glad. I gotta say this. I'm kind of glad that Elden Ring did get delayed to February. So that Pokemon. Oh, it's capric- delayed. <laughs> Isn't
0: it delayed again? And didn't, didn't it get delayed again?
1: Only. Th- and- I don't think so. Got delayed to February because uh, uh, something they got, the- something
0: got delayed out of February. Oh, it was Saints Row. Never mind. Continue.
1: Yeah. Uh. So, um. So that Pokemon uh Arce- Arceus? Uh, <laughs> the, the new Pokemon It's <laughs> Pokemon I don't know Ledges. Look, I I think I think, I think
0: I've heard it's I've heard it said Arceus and Arceus. Grammatically, the way it's spelled, it should be Arceus. But I also know it's a name of a Pokemon, I think. And people say it differently. You know, so I, I don't know. I think it's I think it's Arceus, but I've also heard people say Arceus. It doesn't matter. Pokemon Legends. I'm going with
1: Pokemon. It's <laughs> Yes. Um to see that come, uh I'm really excited. Then Man, Advance Wars Reboot Camp. I was so looking forward to that this year, but it's coming out next year. I think I think Nintendo's going for that. We're trying to have a title for every month.
0: Um, yeah, similar to what twenty nineteen or twenty seventeen and twenty nineteen really. I mean, yes. remember in twenty seventeen it was like every every four to six weeks they had a new title, right? Whether oh, yeah. it was whether it was. I mean, they were still supporting it the three DS at that time, but it was like, man, March was was Zelda and Bomberman. Uh, April was uh, what was the big game in April?
1: Mario Kart 8.
0: Mario, Yeah, Mario Kart 8. May was Fire Emblem and Street Fighter. June was uh, Splatoon. July was ARMS. August was Mario Plus Rabbids, Kingdom Battle. September was, you know, they, they just had something hit every single month, you yeah. know, all the way through the end of the year with Fire Emblem Warriors and Mario Odyssey in October. November, there was, what was in November that year? I really forget. And then December ended with Xenoblade 2, right? Like, I mean, 2017, yes. you want to talk about
1: a standout year for Nintendo? Jeez, mighty. It's like they're mixing new games with ports of their Wii, Wii U titles. Mm-hmm. Shoot, dude! And like as, like like we said, we're recording this early. There are still games that are mm-hmm. being planned. You know, there's a rumored new, a rumored Zelda game that may be shown. We don't know yet. That yeah. could come out in 2022. There's, um, there's the
0: rumored Metroid Prime trilogy, which I'm sure we'll talk about. At the end, I want to talk about a couple of rumored games at the end when we're done. Okay, uh, yeah, I feel like this is going to be a little bit longer than our last episode, which is great because it's eleven o'clock at night and you know I'm you know I'm ready for bed, but it doesn't matter. We're t- we're podcasting because we're bros and we both have off on this Thanksgiving e- evening, which is when we're recording this, by the way, <laughs> not to <laughs> yeah. like date ourselves, but uh, you know we. Uh, Like I said, like I said in one of the er other episodes, we want to like kind of bank some episodes and kind of have evergreen ish kind of topics. But this is a topic I think that's really important to Ed and I specifically because we do this every year, right? Like, I think I think that us talking about Nintendo and year in review and whatever is really important to, especially how we started podcasting. Like, you know. So yeah, we'll talk about the rumored ones at the end. We'll talk about, uh, I think we're going to talk about the Breath of the Wild sequel at length a little bit. Uh, The only, so out of this list that I mentioned, only two games have hard release dates. Pokemon Legends Arceus is coming out. uh, Hold on, I had the list up. It's coming out January 28th. So it's kind of first up. It might actually be out by the time you're listening to this. If you are on free feeds, by the way, expansion pass, uh, you can get it two weeks early on Patreon, patreon.com slash boss network. If you don't want it two weeks early, you can still listen to it free on services. Like I said, in previous episodes, it's just a way to support us. If you, if you want to, you don't have to, it's just something that we're offering fans. So yes. Yes. So it might be out by the time you listen. If you're listening to this, uh, might already be out. And then Triangle Strategy is coming out on March fourth.
1: Oh, that's going to be a big
0: game, dude! That game looks awesome. I can't wait for that game. I'm so excited for Triangle Strategy. It's like the, it's almost like the Final Fantasy Tactics remake that we haven't gotten yet. You know what I mean? Like it's yes. A, like I, the one of the only reasons why I owned a PSP was for War of the Lion, the War of the Lions remake.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: That game was awesome and like uh, the fact that that game like the fact that that version is not on Switch yet baffles me. Like the the last episode we did together by ourselves, it was like Squares kind of supported the Switch at their own pace and at a good pace right with a mix of remakes mm-hmm. and unique titles that fit the platform right, which is great. Final Fantasy Tactics War of the Lions, where is that game? Talk about a game that deserves to be on the Switch, man. With the OLED screen it, and like the pick, like the the kind of redone pixel
1: graphics and like the widescreen support, mm, where's that game at? They have to do physical. You can't just do a digital copy. And, and no, it's Square Enix, they'll put it on, of course, on PlayStation. But I'm like, no, everybody's going to run and get that physical. I mean, that game's on iPad at this point. You know what I mean? Like, just give it to us. Yes, give us that goodness. Um, yeah, uh, going to man Kirby. I can't wait to play Kirby. I love the fact that they went into this 3D uh, style game, um, and I could just roam around the world and uh, you know have that Mario experience, but done in the Kirby style. Like, I'm excited for that. Um, Bayonetta two. <sighs> Band of the three, I mean, I'm sorry, everybody. Yeah. I had the, that game, man, I really thought we was getting Astral Chain 2. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I that that's band. what it
0: looked like. And by the way, a couple of things that came out after that, it is the Astral Chain director directing this game, the combat director. So mm-hmm. like, that's why, that's why it kind of looked like that. And why, like, we're probably going to get some sort of beast battles and stuff like I don't know. I'm kind of like. I'm excited for Bayonetta 3, and we'll get to it when we get to it. But, like, I don't know. I hope they don't do, go stray too much away from what made Bayonetta 2 awesome, right? I, I yes. really hope they just stick to the basics for the most part. Like, adding stuff is cool. Like, I, if it's like a nice addition, then I don't care. But if they go too far in that direction, like, I'm going to be kind of like, man, I. Okay,
1: I kind of, I kind of feel like they rewrote the story. Oh, I'm sure they've. Bayonetta I mean, they,
0: I'm sure they did. I'm sure. I'm sure they just. I mean, look, we kind of talked about it before. Platinum Games has a lot of projects on their plate, and this is probably just mm-hmm. one that they were like, "We got to put this either on hold until we do it right, or you know, we just have a small team working on it until we have the team to work on it." You know.
1: Yes. So. uh but yes, yeah, which is looking good for, please arms two, just just come. No, just, nobody just wants arms, arms. two, Ed.
0: <laughs> arms one was a nice experiment. We got Bootylicious. What's her name? That's everybody was thirsty for <laughs> when it came out. But it's done, Ed. Arms is over. I,
1: just saying. <laughs> uh, but uh, but yeah, I think th- Nintendo's going to be sh- really strong. Um, definitely with Mario Rabbids 2 coming out, Um, and we probably still got some, we haven't even heard that much from third party. So we can see some games coming out from third party. Um, Hey, we may get the Alan uh, Alan Wake remaster even though that might be cloud-based. I thought we were talking about the games on the list, Ed. Oh, I'm sorry.
0: Alan Wake remaster is not on the list.
1: Sorry. (laughs) i just i'm just i know i'm just messing with you you know you know how
0: i (laughs) just like to poke at you ed that's that's your role here (laughs) that's that's your new role of boss rush we just Just poke poke. fun at you
1: oh what did i do
0: you're my best friend
1: Uh, i do it out of love you know that oh uh but yeah uh i'm gonna send it over to you Corey. because what did you think
0: I mean, I think I think this is a pretty strong start to the year, right? I think Splatoon Three is going to be huge for Nintendo, especially with their partnership yes. with Panda, right? With the Smash stuff, I think Splatoon Three will be the next game that follows in terms of family friendly tournaments, right? Like, I think I think yes. that's clearly what's happening. I also think that whatever Pokemon game comes out next, like they're going to do Pokemon tournaments with them too. I think I think that that Panda. Uh, partnership was really smart for nintendo uh you know just to get away from the stigma of evo you know like and and obviously playstation also or sony also bought evo for playstation but also like nintendo has always kind of kept their distance from evo even though smash was a part of it just because of the stigma and some of the things that were happening there that were unsavory we'll say and i think partnering with panda where they can have control over, but also have somebody that knows how to do events and set up events and stuff is is smart for them. Yeah, and i I know it's just Smash right now, but Splatoon three and whatever Pokemon game is next is sure surely to follow. Uh, but Pokemon Legends Arceus seems like it's going to be a winner. I am eager to try it. I think Advanced Wars one and two is something that I will tr- try. I'm not a big Advance Wars fan. Like, I never really played it. I'm a huge Fire Emblem fan. Also, Wargroove didn't really do anything for me, and I know that that's basically, like, Advance Wars Lite. So, like, we'll see. That's, like, a game I'm going to wait and see what Dan and Leron kind of have to say because I know they're both kind of looking forward to that. Plus, like, uh, Metal Slug Tactics is coming out next year for Switch, and that game looks way better to me, for me at least, than Advance Wars. But we'll see. We'll see if it's, if it's good. Uh, Triangle Strategy is the game that I'm really looking forward to early in the year. That game looks awesome. Splatoon 3, obviously, going to be a huge hit. Ready to play that. My nephews will be all over that, too, so we'll probably play together if they make it easy. Uh, Mario Plus Rabbids Sparks of Hope is just going to be just... Oh, can't wait.
1: Cannot wait, dude, for that game. Just... Uh, this- Looking at that trailer, like, man, just, I know. just the, how hype it was and how good it is. Yeah. I know. Uh,
0: Bayonetta 3, obviously, I'm going to play because Bayonetta is great. Kirby and the Forgotten Land, that 3D kind of style, really got me excited in terms of a 3D platformer. Mm-hmm. Monster on a Rise, Sunbreak, I just, as of this recording, just got Monster on a Rise yesterday, and so far, I'm having a pretty decent time with it. Uh And then the sequel to Breath of the Wild is the game that I'm looking forward to the most. I think that that game's going to do a lot for me in a lot of ways. Uh, And I'm very, very, very excited to be distracted by that game when the time comes. So, uh, but yeah, let's kind of, now that we've kind of given our initial thoughts, let's kind of roll through the titles individually. Pokemon Legends Arceus is a third person kind of exploratory Pokemon game where you're kind of catching Pokemon and bringing them back to your main city to kind of I guess battle and go do quests and everything like it's kind of a uh, mm-hmm. kind of reminds me a little bit of Dark Cloud honestly like in terms of the setup where you're kind of have this main town but you're doing quests outside of the town or in dungeons and whatever so I I am excited for this. I, I, I hope that it's the game that people want it to be. Although I know it's probably not going to be. What are your What are your thoughts on Pokemon Legends Arceus, Ed?
1: Uh, oh, oh shoot! The, the Growlithe that they showed. Oh my gosh! It's, people the, were the, so the... upset. People were upset. No, no, dude, people were people like, were what like
0: is People were like, "Not my Growlithe."
1: So we might have seen two different things because when people seen that growler, they were just like, I will protect them. And dude, the fan art that came out of that direct was quick. Like people already were making plushies and everything of that growler. Hmm. I was just like, wow. Um, Yeah, this one, I'm definitely like, I've uh, I got to get my pre-order in. um. Uh, Cause I do, I want this so, this game so bad. It looks so good now, looking at it, and they're probably still working on it, you know, doing some finishing touches for it. Um, I hope it doesn't get delayed. If it, if it gets delayed, I I don't know what to do. But I I need this game. It looks right up my alley. Everybody knows that I love Eastern stuff, so the FD, when it has a J- Japanese feel to it. Like I I just truly love it. I can't wait to explore this world catch Pokemon and everything Uh, I don't know if if I'm going to find some new grass types or anything because I am a grass type uh, fighter but I'm excited for this man I I think it's going to probably do 2 to 3 million just the first week uh, at the release Um, but I'm excited for this game what like what excites you the most about it
0: i like i mean besides the fact that it looked it looked like breath of the wild pokemon initially like i mean that i i want to know what excites you about this because like pokemon for me is like a it's a series i want to be into i really do Mm -hmm. like i but like there's so many of them now and like there's this whole end game thing now that people are training for and Min-maxing their parties and stuff. That it's like it's Pokemon now. If you are a lapsed player or just somebody who doesn't really have a lot of time, is really intimidating to get into.
1: Uh, but I think the thing for me is, uh, besides the grinding and catching like different Pokemon, I, like I mentioned, it's that Eastern feel. It's that Japanese feel. Anything that has that aesthetic and that atmosphere, I'm always drawn to. And so to see how certain Pokemon were before they became the ones that we know now, uh, the present Pokemon, It just excites me. Like I'm, I love JRPGs. That's one of my big things about Nintendo and like video games. Um, But just seeing this Japanese like style presentation of the game, because it draws to me, it speaks to me. Just like I want to explore this world. I want to find this new Pokemon. I want to be able to catch them. Uh, I wonder which Pokemon is going to make me laugh. The cute animations and stuff. Like it just speaks to me, in a sense. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm me wrong.
0: I, I, I I'm just curious what people are excited for about this game. I, I I'm excited too. Like, I, like I said, I think the open world kind of nature of it really is going to do a lot for the series, but at the end of the day, it's still Pokemon, you know, and what is it doing different that the other ones aren't at the end of the day, you know, besides that perspective change.
1: Yeah. We'll probably find out when the game comes out uh, what new stuff they're doing. I mean, I, I think their battle system and their mechanics is so familiarized that if people, if they changed it, they people might get upset or something. I think it's just a standard and it just works. So changing it will probably make some people upset, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. That's fine.
0: Um... So the next game on our list, by the way, if you're excited for Pokemon, let us know, tweet at us, let us know in the comments of this video or this podcast. I want to know. I really want to know. And if it's out already, by the time you're listening to this, tell us what you like about it. Cause that's, that's, that's going to help kind of shape Pow block that week. Probably I'm sure as well. Yeah. So let us know. Then, uh, advanced wars one and two, we're going to, we're going to go straight there for me. I I'm excited because I like strategy RPGs, although mm-hmm. I think Advanced Wars is a little bit more strategy and less RPG. I don't really know a lot about Advanced Wars. I didn't play it. You know, I had Battalion Wars on Wii and I played it a little bit, but I, I was so distracted by other games. And like the Wii just, we've had this conversation a thousand times, but like the Wii just didn't really do it for me. You know, I played Zelda and Wii Sports on the Wii and a couple other games like... The Klonoa remake and Zack and Wiki, and uh, I played a little bit of yes. A Boy in His Blob, which is coming to Switch, uh, you know, in a couple weeks at the time of this recording, which I'm kind of excited for. But, like, other than that, I didn't really play a lot of Wii. You know, I was, I was really into Gears of War at the time, so Xbox 360 was, like, on all the time. But Advance Wars is uh, tangentially something I've always been interested in because Intelligent Systems, this was their other game besides Fire Emblem for a long time. Yes. and that alone has me interested in this reboot. And if it's the first two games, like I'm really excited for it. Uh, I I hope it's a little bit more uh, streamlined, I guess, and then than, than War Groove was. Don't get me wrong; I think War Groove was a good game. I just feel like it was a little bit too complicated for my taste. You know, moving in t- more deeper into the game. But if this is kind of fire emblem adjacent then i'm gonna play it uh are you are you excited for advanced wars
1: yes um i've never got the chance to play Advance wars one or two i knew about it uh but I was very intimidated by strategy games. Uh, and so I don't, I, 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 I would think I felt like I was too young and wouldn't be able to grasp it or anything. And I didn't know how well they would ease me into learning about the game. But I'm definitely looking forward to this. And the main reason, not because it's a reboot, because it's way forward. And everybody who knows me, anyone who listens to me on the podcast, knows how much I love WayForward. Like how big I love being a supporter of their games, whether they're good or bad, or or they just feel like the American Konami back from the '80s for me. They're just that might be a good thing for some people, might sound like a bad thing, but I really love WayForward games, and I love them. Just put in the work they do into games. Um yes, I didn't get that Bucka God game that they did. <laughs> I heard I heard them all about that. Um, but I'm excited for them to do this game. Um it looks funny, it looks really good. The animation looks amazing. Uh graphics just looks just great. Um I feel like it's the right game to play on my old end. Like, like, yes, I will play it on my TV But it looks like this is the game That I need to do Tabletop gaming with You know, pop the back open, sit it down And just like literally go in So, um, I'm definitely Looking forward to this game Yes, it's on my list Um, and I think I did pre-order No, I didn't pre-order it Yet, but it's another pre-order that's coming Nice Nice Uh
0: yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it. I hope it's uh, hope it does well for itself. I really do. Because it's it's yes. it got moved into the spring and there's a lot of games coming out in February and March. So I hope they you know I know the eShop says April, so we'll see. We'll see. The next game on the list, Ed, we're gonna go Splatoon three. We're gonna go Splatoon three. I'm shocked that we're getting another Splatoon. Although I guess it makes sense because that game is so popular, but I think they want to integrate a lot more of the online stuff. I think they want to explore a different side of the campaign. And I think they said the Octolings are available from the start, which is cool. I think Splatoon is a great shooter that people can get into and just have some fun. And, uh, you know, maybe you're just like a casual player or something. I hope they make it easier to play with friends. That's the one thing about Splatoon yes. 2 that really kind of bugged me is, like, if you don't have four players to play with, then you kind of have to, like, work the system. And it's it's just really annoying to play with your friends in this. And I hope that you can just send invites to your friends list and say, hey, let's team up. Let's play some Splatoon together. Let's, you know, get top in a Discord chat or... You know, use the chat app on the on the, your phone, and uh, you know, let's go play some Splatoon because I feel like I feel like Splatoon could be really fun if like we could have a Splatoon game night for Boss Rush or whatever, and yes. we all just hopped on and you know maybe we would do like old like almost like old school Halo land parties where like you <laughs> know there's twelve of us and like you know this team versus this team versus this team you know and like the losers play each other and the winners play each other and then you just alternate or whatever like that. could be really fun Uh, because Splatoon is fun. I think the weapons are exciting. I think there's a lot of strategy involved in, in with turf wars and covering uh, the, the area with paint. Like I think having uh, two players with paint rollers while you have two people who are really good at killing people. Like, I think that's a good strategy. Like I love the paint roller. I think it's great. Yes how are you feeling about splatoon 3
1: uh this game looks beautiful um i agree imagine how you. it's gonna
0: pop on the oled dude <sighs> splatoon 2 on the oled is actually really pretty and now they've had five years to optimize the splatoon's palette and the way it plays like mm, that game's gonna be it's gonna be sexy
1: and definitely with nintendo's new online like netcode and stuff like which has really been good uh i think they're going to be i think they're going to be more hopefully they be are more open because i i feel like when we get uh, another nintendo direct maybe in february or whenever uh i think they're going to be start start talking more about uh splatoon 3 we're going to find more about the story, the characters, the online matches and stuff because like th- th- for people who don't know Splatoon is it's based on how much area you could cover with your team's paint. Um, and so you do you can't stop the players from painting uh, you know, you can treat it like almost that kind of uh, match, but you don't really get anything for it. They really want you to cover the area, and whoever has the most area covered wins the game. Um, and I think they, they offer uh, a good variety of weapons and everything, so I would love to see, you know, maybe this be an esports game that Nintendo wants to do, or, or carry out. Uh Maybe they do offer uh, where we can select like teams and have our own tournaments. Like I would love to do a Boss Rush Network tournament asplatoon. Uh, uh, and it, you don't. The game never makes you feel intimidated. It never makes you feel bad or anything. Always encourage you to just paint, just do as much as you can because it is. It really relies on a team. It doesn't rely on one player. So, I'm yeah, this is another one that's a must buy for me.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely uh, it's gonna be good. I think I think Splatoon 3 is gonna be a winner for sure.
1: Oh, it hopefully, hopefully they bring like the hot dog versus hamburger. Oh, the Splatfest <laughs> stuff. Twice. Oh, yeah, dude. The Splatfest yeah, is I feel I like Splat, love- I feel like Splatfest
0: is gonna be even bigger this time around for sure.
1: I love that. Yeah. I, I do. I would. I would love for them to actually have where players could create their own Splatfest. Yeah. You know, uh, Power Block versus Arsenal X. <laughs> like, I would love, dude. I would love to have that. Would be that. crazy. That would
0: be so, let's just have like a. It'd almost be like a uh, console tournament where like everybody picks a multiplayer game from each system, and then yeah. you just. You know, play it with each other, and like Splatoon 3 would be the Nintendo multiplayer game that you pick, and you know, maybe Halo or Gears for Xbox and then PlayStation.
1: We'll find something. Yeah, I
0: don't know. Figure it out. Well, Crossroads can figure yep. that out. <laughs> definitely something. Uh, but I think, uh, yeah, Splatoon 3 is going to be a winner. I think that's a smart decision for Nintendo to release a, th- a third one for sure. Uh, triangle strategy Ed are you excited for triangle strategy
1: okay so that's a no I am I, I, I'm i definitely going to buy it I think I got lost on the demo and I think I need to replay the demo again for this how did you get lost isn't it just a strategy I didn't play the demo I should but I didn't I I think it's just uh, it it's a great, great voice acting, great setup of what they're gonna do. I think I just didn't get far in the demo to play enough to be like, what am I supposed to do? Like, do I place my players, and then is it a team going back and forth? And so I think I need to replay. Like, it's already it's a must buy. Anyway, I'm I'm going to let everybody know I'm buying it. I'm going to get into the game. I am going to support this because, like you said. I love Octopath, Tra- uh, um, Octopath Traveller, and this look this game looks right up my alley. I love the style of game that Square Enix is doing. Uh, I think I just need to sit down, play the demo, get a better idea, so that when the game comes out, I it's it's my it's my game on the go. It's something that I feel like I won't play a lot on TV. It feels like this is going to be something that I play on the go a lot. When I'm at work, when I'm probably out at a park, you know, for my walk and stuff, just, you know, taking time for myself and everything. This feels like that kind of game to me. So I am, I am buying it. I think I just need to dedicate more time to the, uh, Demo to get a better understanding on how things work. Oh.
0: Okay. I I mean, I'm excited because it's a strategy RPG, obviously, and it looks gorgeous. I should probably download the demo while we're talking. Let's do that. I'm going to do that right now. You can't see. You can't see.
1: You don't know. <laughs> I think I'm going to read. The, I think I'm going to download the demo on my OLED. Yeah, because I really want to play it on there. Yeah, I'm going to right now.
0: Uh, I think I think it's really cool this HD 2D thing that they're doing with uh, you know with starting with Octopath and then with this and the Dragon Quest Three remake. I think that's a really awesome engine that they can utilize to their advantage, especially on a console is you know on a handheld console like Switch. You know, I mean, don't get me wrong, Octopath looked great on on. Xbox through Game Pass, but like it's still it's still a I it just feels like an engine that should be in a handheld. You know what I mean? Like it just it's just a really interesting thing that they are doing with that engine. And uh I mean remember when we were watching the watch along like during the Nerds Gone Rogue watch along all those years yeah. ago for the Switch reveal and that was one of the games they showed and it was like wow that's really what they're doing and like it just it popped like that was such a unique thing and the fact that we only have you know at this point one game with that art style coming up on two and three like that's cool it keeps that engine unique it's not like every small team at square enix is using it for something right it's not like we're getting a new game in this engine every three to six months and it it hasn't worn out its welcome and i think that triangle strategy is really going to benefit from that yes plus the fact that basically looks like a new final fantasy tactics when we don't have one is like (laughs) you know it's awesome it's awesome good good for them uh do you have anything else to say about triangle strategy besides the fact that i'm downloading the demo right now
1: i I just can't wait to buy it and play it yeah
0: it's gonna be it's gonna be good i think it's gonna be a good one it's one of those good ones as they say yes uh all right at kirby and the forgotten land do you have anything to say about kirby and the forgotten land
1: give it to me i i want this guy <laughs> i love platformers i love 3d platformers i want a hundred percent it uh i want to laugh i'm gonna see what new powers i want to explore the swirl um I want to crack up. I want to take photo shots and everything. Give me this game. That's all I can say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's. Uh, I think it's.
0: I mean, Kirby's okay, right? Like, I think. I think it's, Kirby is often looked at as like, oh, this is like the kid's first platformer or whatever, and it's always been kid friendly and aimed at children. But I think that this is. <gasps> I think this is a game where they're aiming to kind of capture and a little bit of an older audience, maybe not like adults, but you know, maybe like yeah, someone who would go out and play a a 3d Mario game. Right. And, and try to do something unique with that, but probably just like a little bit easier. I think you could do a lot with Kirby in a 3d space. I think the fact that he can, his, his ability swapping uh, ability. Wow. That was a, that was a real Austin powers moment. Let me, Allow myself to introduce myself. A moment, uh, I think that you can do some really unique things with that, and it's it's going to be almost be like Mario throwing his hat on one of the, you know on something and taking it over, but in a cool in a like more Mario esque way, I guess, where you're still controlling yeah. Kirby with it. You know, like I I liked Mario Odyssey. I don't think it was the best game in the best Mario game by a long shot. I think I missed the Mario 64 esque style where you swap your hat and you get like the wings or the metal suit or, you know, stuff like that. But I think you can do something really unique with Kirby in that, in that way. And I think the 3d space really opens that up and it's like a, a post post apocalyptic Kirby game, (laughs) which is really funny to think about. So, yeah, so that's that's cool. All right, Ed, we're getting into the, the heavy hitters here, I think. <coughs> uh, we'll start with Monster Hunter Rise, Sunbreak. I know we're not exactly the Monster Hunter people here, and I know if Ed and Leron listen to this expansion pass, they're going to probably roll their eyes so hard that their eyes kind of fall at the back of their heads. But <coughs> it's okay. We're going to try. We're going to do our best. Sunbreak is the paid DLC... For Monster Hunter Rise, it's going to add new monsters. It's going to add new weapons, I think, and new abilities and stuff. I think Monster Hunter Rise was a huge success for Switch. Yes. I think uh, them playing around with some of the abilities that were different from Monster Hunter World while transferring that Monster Hunter World-style game to a portable console really benefited people and really allowed more people to try it out, including people like me. Although I think I think from what I've played of Rise, I still think I prefer stories just because I am more familiar with that type, that genre of game. Mm-hmm. But also Monster Hunter has always been a game that I've been super compelled to try and play. It's almost like I think it's almost like the way that people are compelled to play Dark Souls in a, in a sense where like, yes. You know it it's really intimidating until you get in there and learn what the game actually is and then like you just have that itch and that hunger to keep going you know uh i mean to me like dark souls after i actually got in and played it it's actually not really that difficult especially if you know how to like i don't know read patterns of enemies and be patient (laughs) you know what i mean like yeah, it's difficult, but not in a way that can't be overcome. You know, I just think, I think, not to be on a side tangent or anything, not that we do that a lot, uh, but I think Dark Souls is challenging to most players of this generation because this generation is impatient. And they want to, you know, it's like my, uh, one of my teachers used to say was called the microwave generation where everything needs to be quick and done fast and, you know, they don't care how fast it's done. They just got to get it done as fast as possible and Dark Souls definitely doesn't yes. fit that. And in a way, I think Monster Hunter kind of fits that same premise where you have to be patient and learn patterns and learn how the monsters react to certain things and see what weapons work better against certain monsters and which abilities and which, you know, things. I I, I hope I'm saying... Good things there, Laron and Jacob. I can feel, I can feel you guys glaring at me,
1: but it's okay. Well, mostly well, <coughs> with, with master hunters, it's it's all about preparation. You mm-hmm. know, preparing yourself, like right. making sure that you got your status ailments and um, what element of well, your weapon may be, um, making sure you're at the right level whether you're going to play with friends or by yourself, um, like learning the patterns. And uh, sometimes you may have to grind on that uh, one monster to get that next weapon that you need for uh, future battles and stuff. So it it has its particular kind of formula. uh, But being prepared is like the best way to play that game, to learn it. Yeah, you are going to die sometimes, but... It's the best when you die you learn you know you have an idea of what you're going to do what you're going to get from that monster so you just got to go in and do it Uh, definitely for me I I love the way that the cover looks I don't know what monsters we have Uh, I don't know what I don't know what zany monsters I'm going to fight or weapons stuff Um, but you know I would love to continue to fight uh as Sonic the Hedgehog against these monsters <laughs> and stuff like that. Uh I'm excited for this uh new DLC. Um I cannot wait to uh hop in and play around with Laron or Jacob or Dan or with you, Corey, or anyone who wants to jump in and have fun. Um like I'm excited for this DLC and I really hope that it's only twenty dollars. I have a feeling that the price point is gonna be like You know, here's twenty dollars. This is what you're going to get. I feel like I feel like it's going
0: to be like thirty or forty, though.
1: I I mean, I think Ice World was or Iceborn,
0: Iceborn. Yeah, was forty. Forty. So I mean, but it also added a huge, significant chunk to that game, and actually, you know what I mean. Like, Mm -hmm. so I, if it, I wouldn't mind like a forty-dollar expansion for games if they just like added a significant amount of content. You know, I don't, I don't mind DLC being expensive as long as you're getting something unique and something that builds upon what already exists. Uh, yeah. In a significant way, I should add. Yeah.
1: And they'll probably, and they'll probably do a collection <coughs> pack, like a bundle. Mm-hmm. they on down the line. Yeah.
0: So. So Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak coming sometime in the spring. I think they said, so look yes. out for that. Mario Plus Rabbid sparks of hope, Ed. Can't wait. I'm a little concerned about the open world D type thing, instead of like I mean, the first yeah. one you kind of followed a path and like you kind of went into the battlefield and fought the enemies and then you moved on to the next battlefield and on like this real linear path. That trailer showed some kind of exploration style openness to it, which as long as it's not too much, I can get behind it. But if if you're trying to give me like this Assassin's Creed style open world, and there's like marks over the map that are just strategy battles, like mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know how I feel about that in a, in, in a strategy game. Right. I I hope they find a good middle ground to to kind of ease players in, because I love that first game. It did so many cool and unique things, and I still want that Rabbit statue, the Rabbit Luigi statue that I never <laughs> got. Uh, but yeah, I I think Mario plus Rabbit's Sparks of Hope is gonna be just. It's gonna. I think it's gonna be one another big surprise of next year. Even though people kind of oh. already know what to expect, I think it's gonna do some cool things that you. We're gonna be surprised by.
1: Yeah, I think they they wanted to break away from the XCOM comparison, uh, but for for a debut game like that, it worked wonders for did good great numbers. Um, as the as for the open endedness, like within the battles and everything, I was kind of wondering that. I'm just like, how does this work? You know, and I guess when I finally get the game and I play it, I think it's going to teach us like this is how things work and stuff, because they did a great job teaching you on how to play the first one. So um, I can't wait to see how they teach it, teach you how to play the second one. Um, I, I'm I'm intrigued. I'm interested. I'm going to buy it. But like the open world, the open world part, I need to see more of on how that works. And it's going to be funny. I know it's going to be truly funny, like Luigi Mario. Like he's going to probably be a dummy again. Uh, but I'm excited to see how this plays, how it goes. Yeah, I I hope they add some really unique rabbits,
0: right? I mean, they showed the one, right? They showed the one kind of rabbit that didn't didn't really have any Mario ties to it. Uh, I made a prediction when it was revealed. That I maybe I knew what was happening, but now I forget what that prediction was, so that was my bad. Sorry, guys. Uh, Maybe somebody can go back to that Powell Block episode and remind me, but definitely high on my list for next year. Yes. Speaking of high on my list, Ed, Bayonetta 3.
1: Yes!
0: (laughs) Bayonetta 3, they revealed it, and man, that was... That's quite the reveal. And I know there's a lot of fan theories going on. I'm not too knowledgeable on the Bayonetta lore and storyline, but I know Mm -hmm. that a lot of people are saying that this Bayonetta, uh, I think the theory was that that initial trailer we saw was her soul being split in half, right? Yes. And that one of them was the little girl from, what, one, I think, that had Uh. that same hairstyle and that maybe that was Bayonetta as a young girl. I don't know. I'm I i I'm really interested to see what happens. I actually want to play the first two again just to get caught up.
1: So this Bayonetta is going to be more kind of like she's a pop icon. You know, uh, K-pop, in a sense, has become a big thing here in America, and... Uh, I think it's kind of going to be playing on that because Bayonetta, which she's kind of dancing a lot in the shots that, uh, it, you know, and we don't know how well music is going to play and if it's going to affect their fighting style. But you know, she's doing different things to summon monsters. You know, it's just not not her hair coming off her body to summon it you know she, they kind of like cleaned up her act a little bit um but uh it might still be some cheeky i don't but, know i think there's gonna you know. be
0: some uh, outfit switches in this game oh yeah it's platinum yeah, I, dude I, you know nintendo is gonna allow platinum and sega to kind of do what they want with this franchise
1: oh yes Oh, yeah like they like I felt with 2 they came in gave some notes and said okay bye <laughs> go ahead and finish the game you know look Nintendo is not about censorship <laughs> which is surprising Uh clearly by some of these story. games
0: on the eShop that are just
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly totally if uh, my nephew bought one he would be in big trouble we'll just put it that way <laughs> so uh but I think we're gonna be wait we're, we might get new weapons. It looks like they're gonna be some new monsters in here, Probably new combos in the fighting uh maybe we might get uh bayonetta in an astral chain outfit. I have a feeling we we will uh I
0: bet I bet there's a I bet there's an astral chain cop uniform outfit somewhere. oh yeah. Especially, I, especially since that team is working on this,
1: right? Like, I, it's got to mm-hmm. be right. I wouldn't be surprised if that was a secret level that there was a level of Astral Chain in Bayonetta Three. It'd just be like, oh, this is some. You crazy. watch.
0: There's going to be some sort of crossover with mm-hmm. Astral Chain. I bet those characters are in this game somewhere somehow.
1: Yes, and we don't know who that final villain was. We don't know who that guy is. And Remember when we freaked out and we were like, it's totally Virgil, they're going to do a Devil May Cry
0: crossover. (laughs) I mean, I know they're probably not, but like that would be so cool if that
1: was Virgil. If that ended up being Virgil. I, I would be amazed. I would be surprised if Kamiya and Capcom actually got to talking again. And something happened. I would be very shocked about that. But for Bayonetta three, I I cannot wait for this. You know, I I scream yes. I scream queen diva you know, she's an icon, she's a legend, she is the moment. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Bayonetta 3 is high on my list. And I and even if people feel like the game is not good or whatever, I think to me personally it's worth the wait. I cannot wait to be doing some new combos and learning it. and just going into these wacky battles and these cut... The cutscenes are going to be hilarious because they were in 2. They're in definitely in 1. Just the intro of Bayonetta One with uh Bayonetta Prey and all the a- the angels is coming. It's just the way that it goes. Like it's it's gonna be bunkers for but it's gonna be also just an amazing game. So Bayonetta three top tier on my list. I wanna know how they're gonna top the combat from two because two's combat was
0: so good. You know? Yeah. It was just man, even on the Wii U and that that the, the, the game it was it felt really smooth and natural the one thing my one complaint I guess it's not really a complaint but I hope they allow you to map your controls for Bayonetta like that was the one thing coming off of DMC remember DMC mm-hmm. really let you customize the way you wanted to play and, yes. and it was like really awesome that you could literally just put any uh, command on any button and it, it would you could just do that right like I really hope they do that uh, I do know that they would, they, I I do know they have a history of just like letting you or making you play the game the way that they want you to play, but yes. man, I just, I hope they let you just do what you want with the combat.
1: Like I, I want right, them to
0: have mappable buttons.
1: Yeah. Cause you could customize your weapon, like <laughs> layout and stuff, but yeah, I would love to because, um, DMC double May cry really needed that button layout customization. They needed a bad for me. And I was, I would love to see that happen with Bayonetta 3.
0: Yeah, I mean that the control scheme wasn't terrible for DMC, but like it was nice that they let you change it because it really helped me do a lot more in that game than I was really probably capable of. <laughs> yes. So Anyways, Banana Three, very, very, very excited, Ed. Yes. Uh, do you have anything to say about Dying Light Two: Stay Human, the cloud version?
1: Um, I'm probably gonna buy it on another platform.
0: Hmm, that, that's probably uh, the right choice, based off yeah. what I played of Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> On the switch,
1: I need to try. I need to try Guardians. Oh. The
0: thing is, is like the cloud version, you get to play a little bit for free, <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, I
1: was like, yeah, "That's enough." Okay, now, and that's not a swipe against Dialight 2 No, it's, for a it's, switch
0: or anything. It's just like the cloud stuff is not the way that you're gonna want to play these games, and I think that. I think that, you know. Playing it natively, which, I mean, we got the first one natively, right? Like, the first Dying Light? Yeah. Which I think is, if you're going to play an, uh, that game, like, uh, maybe the Switch is the way to play that. But, like, the cloud version, like, I mean, we talked about it with Kingdom Hearts a lot. Like, w- th- that defeats the entire purpose of what the Switch is. And, like, if you're going to play the cloud version, you might as well just play it on another platform if you own it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, sorry, didn't mean to get on that rant right again, but
1: I I know it's an easier way to make sure that the quality is all mismatching the other systems, but I'm fine if Dying Light Two was like designed and played like the regular Dying Light because it and it's still good. That's all that matters to me. Yeah, but maybe...
0: yeah, I don't know. I don't have much to say about Dying Light. I didn't really play the first one because I don't do spooky games. Be I
1: have no I have it no PlayStation and Xbox and I think I'm gonna run I'm gonna go do that game so I gotta be ready for a dialogue too. Um because it they from what people say it's a pretty really good game so I'm really giving it give it a try.
0: Yeah. i I mean I've heard it's amazing. I just don't do scary games. I just don't do spooky games. I'm just not I'm not that guy. If you wanna yes. hear about spooky games, you can talk to Stoy and Jesse and Leron.
1: <laughs> yes. so, The the level of Spooky that you do is
0: Luigi Smashing. I mean, yeah. That's the perfect level of Spooky for me.
1: (laughs) It's so funny. Luigi Smashing 3 is
0: so good. So
1: good. good. Man, port one or two over. I'll I'll play Dark Moon on Switch. Uh, I mean, you should
0: just port every Nintendo first-party game to Switch and make it, you know, good.
1: How about that?
0: HD. HD it up. Speaking of HD, Ed, we're to the last game on our list here. The sequel to The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Maybe we'll have a title by the time the Game Awards roll around. I doubt it, but maybe. How do you feel about the sequel? Clearly Skyward Sword inspired. Clearly adding some new areas in the sky. Maybe some underground. How do you feel?
1: i feel like this is the second game of the trilogy and if you are a nintendo pop nintendo Pop block viewer back in the day corey and i discussed all the possibilities that could be happening uh, we i think we even talked with a little about Celeste, like with celeste mm-hmm. about this game and i am i am ready to explain now it took me it took me years to beat the first one. My bad. Huh. I, I just admit that. How many years? Ed? Four? I'm, four. Gosh. Ed. I'm sitting down and playing this game, through because I... It's not, it's, and it's not because I'm hosting to the poplog or anything, but I'm going to be like Cory. Did you get to this part? David. Uh, Lulu to less like i'm going to be trying to talk to the boss team and then talk to other people like where are you at in this game can we talk about these themes can we talk about this story can you tell me about your experience in this town like and it has a darker deeper message definitely with it going into the air i'm not even worried about what people thought about how rewards Edge of Glam- and prequels and all of that i'm not worried about all of that i cannot wait to have the discussions about this game and whether it's a perfect 10 or it's a nine or it's the same thing or whatever i cannot wait to get into this game because i feel like it's going i feel like there's so much story to this that the open world is there but, if you really want to go and get the story, you go out and find the story. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I mean, that's how the first one was too, right? Like, I mean,
1: you gotta like you would
0: hit certain memories based on story beats and like mm-hmm. as you progress. But also there was probably like probably at least half of them were things you had to go find in the world. and that was impressive. And then once you pieced it all together, you got a really cool ending which was even better, right? So,
1: yeah. Yeah, and I hope the weapon de- degradation if it stays it stays, if it goes it goes. I I hope that they actually I actually hope that they give you a weapon that doesn't break and that doesn't take time to like heal or or whatever. I hope yeah. hopefully you just get a weapon that you can always use. I feel like if you pick well, up a enemy's weapon, that should be the ones that you break. But if you buy it at a store or you craft one, it should be able to stay as stay with you as long as it can. Well my my theory
0: with this is that I think they're gonna add a, a layer of crafting to this game where you can there are like Here's here's my here's my thought, and I've been thinking about this a lot, Ed. So I know a lot, I know one of the things people really want back are real Zelda dungeons, right? Like real Zelda yes. dungeons, and you can tackle them any way you want, right? But at the end of each of these dungeons, like, okay, so you can, like you know how in Breath of the Wild you can go straight to the end and fight Ganon with like sticks and rocks and stuff if you really feel like it. Yeah. But what I really think they're going to do is at the end of each dungeon or in the dungeon, you get what they're probably going to call like a legendary weapon. Like, yes, like the boomerang, the, I don't know, maybe a hook shot or something. And like those weapons are craftable and you can craft them to be unbreakable. Or maybe those weapons are, like the Master Sword is in Breath of the Wild, where once it loses its energy, it's on a cooldown timer, but you can craft it to where the cooldown timers are, you know, uh, negligent or even non-existent. You know, maybe yes. you can craft it to be stronger, maybe you can craft it to be more durable, uh, have more, you know, do more damage. Like, I think they're going to add a crafting element to this that's going to enhance the game without feeling like you like you're obligated to do it kind of like the armor sets were right where yeah you could upgrade them you can put more you know whatever resources into your armor they become stronger you get more armor through that but also like i never did any of that and i played through the whole game you know what i mean like yeah i think it's gonna allow players to it's gonna enhance the experience rather than being uh obligatory task to do
1: yes because i'm like definitely with the air the air stuff uh you know with you being in the cloud i feel like there's gonna be part dungeons there and it's just not gonna be well you did all the strikes on the earth now you can do the strike no i feel like time has passed and they have made new like somehow maybe stuff that was hidden that Zelda didn't know, Zelda and Link didn't know, or even the king probably knew, but maybe their ancestors had to hide something to it, and part of them being an heir is part of it, because I, yeah, I feel like, I feel like they can bring dungeons back to this game and, and do that, where if you get to the end, here is this family heirloom, or here is this family uh, blueprint on how to make it so you get it and then gotta go out and get the items and make it yeah I could see that happening
0: yeah for sure sorry I muted myself I I. Uh, oh, no. I totally 100% agree with you I, I think that I, I want what has me most excited is that like it's gonna be the same map essentially right of Hyrule uh-huh. at least on the top level but there's gonna be small differences because of what's happened between the first and second game. Yes. And then you're going to have a lot of underground stuff and a lot of above ground stuff, like a, a lot of like sky lofty type areas. And like, that's going to, that's going to make this game at least twice as big as the first game.
1: Right. Because I, yeah. Cause I just feel like, yeah. There's a lot of hidden secrets that we don't know about this game. Yeah. Oh, no! no let me rephrase that about this. Uh, about this world. I mean, people are still is. finding
0: secrets from that first game, right? I mean. Oh yeah. So, that's uh Yeah, I I think Breath of the Wild Two is just gonna be phenomenal. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. This is the game. This is the game I've wanted since halfway through playing the first game, right? Like, I mean, (laughs) I'm like, I just want more. Like, I popped in Breath of the Wild the other day and played for, like, a half hour for no reason. I went and collected resources and went to one of the fairies and upgraded my armor for no reason. Zero reason, Ed. None. And, like, I'm just like, oh, cool. Okay. This is fun. I could totally play another one of these and not be bored. To, like... I'm still thinking about replaying this game, and I'm like, I have hundreds upon hundreds of games that I have never finished in my lifetime, <laughs> and I want to go back and play this game where I spent over 200 hours in. Yeah, and like I have uh, Breath, the Breath of the Wild reveal, uh, like of Link sitting on the horse, looking up at Death Mountain, right? Like at that very, very, very first reveal where he's running from the Guardian, right? And he flips yes. off the horse, right? I have that image of him sitting on the horse with the rocks and the wavy grass in the in the little village right like it's my background cuz that game like it just that game was so good it reminds me of such a happy time in my life like I had just I had just gotten married like a couple months before that like you know Nintendo was putting out a new console I yeah was uh just it was just a great time of my life you know, I was uh, you know starting a new. What's that the year I started a new job? I think that was the year I started my new job. At that point, and like,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I just did it. This game just reminds me of so many positive things going on in my life at that point, and I I, I, I mean, want that I'm, like anything to like rekindle that feel. Like not that I'm not happy now, right? But like anything to like kind of rekindle like. A, some of that nostalgia is like oh my gosh i just want it so bad
1: and i I feel like with this one being straight built up for switch yeah not just order porter order i think they i think they now understand how the switch is they understand like you know okay now we can build this up definitely xenoblade team i mean motherless soft you guys helped us come together with us now let's really build we know what to do we got the assets so we could probably make them better mm-hmm. now let's create this world because like the the uh go- oh, not goblins um uh, the go yeah the bulk of this or oh, i can never say it. i need to learn all of these things they're writing on that big uh, stone monster from mm-hmm. like the first game like mm-hmm. like wait a minute what the heck is this and then i'm just like hold on wait what about the ya uh, the Yigu clan mm-hmm. like what are they doing in this game mm-hmm. like there could be so much unexpected stuff in it and definitely just, oh, I, I really can't wait to see this game in action. I can't wait for the music to hear. I'm not even, real, I'm not even focused on the title mm-hmm. at this time. They could call it Air Air Mattress of of Dungeons, whatever they want to call Air it. Air Mattress, <laughs> whatever they feel like calling it. I wow. cannot wait to sit down and the I, dude. I want to see the box art of this game, and I want to buy a poster or print it out. Because I think once we see how this mug looks, oh yeah, it's it's gonna. I'm not even worried about numbers of how how it's gonna sell. I think everybody is preparing for this game. Yeah, and I know that it still has to be getting some new amiibos for this. Because oh, yeah. I really, I do. I really feel like we're getting those new champions. Uh, those kids, the, uh, mm-hmm. whatever those kids were or wh- whatever who served in it, uh, in the first game, I think they are the new champions and they're going to play a major role in this game.
0: Yeah. I think, uh, this game's going to be. I-, I don't even know how to say what this game's going to be. It's just going to be, it's going to be a phenomenal, just. It's going to be it's going to be such a I don't even know how to explain it. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be great. I feel like it's going well, to be I, a, a, a and Switch is kind of just the pinnacle of what makes the Switch great.
1: I think the I think the only problem that I'm going to have with this um and it's not so much with the game. I think it's going to be with the gamers. Is it going to be are people seeing this game as a continuation or are they going to be concerned that the game is not topping the first game mm-hmm. you know because some people would just be like well sequels are supposed to top the first game I'm just like sometimes in the sequel uh give you the same thing but doing it in a better way uh where sprinkling some some good things some good elements here and there it's just sometimes good enough for some people mm-hmm. you know we like we're not asking Uh, Guerrilla Games to see if Horizon: The Forbidden West is going to top the first one because the first one is a great, amazing, phenomenal game, Mm -hmm. you know, and no one's going to be questioning about that. So I hopefully, I hopefully people do not question Breath of the Wild too. Um, I I think it's going to be a good year for both of those games, and shoot of. I'm sorry, everybody. If Microsoft wanted to bring out an open world game that is on the same level as that, bring it so I could play it.
0: I think, I think, I really, speaking of Xbox, I think Fable's going to be that for them.
1: You know what? I agree. I think,
0: I, I think I, uh, I... Playground has proven themselves enough to, with Forza and everything, at least in a. Making it an immersive world that you can kind of go mm-hmm. anywhere and do kind of what you want. And that's everything that fable is. And what I said, what I said about fable when they first announced it, that it was coming, if they made basically made breath of the wild with that fable humor and a morality system that would actually change the world. And Microsoft has the technology to change the world on the fly with the series X and S and cloud, the cloud stuff like
1: Mm
0: -hmm. fable can be something really special for Xbox if they execute it. Right. Oh, do they have, do they have the capability to do that? I don't know. Right. Like, I mean, playground's a great studio and forts is a fantastic game, but they're like, it's not like, it's not like the writing or the story of forts or horizons, anything to write home about, but like, I know, they ha- I know they hired up. I know they have a, a team dedicated... Like, they hired a ton of action RPG people and writers and everything. Mm-hmm. I think they even got some of the original Fable people and Mass Effect people. To, and, and I think the lead writer is actually from Fallout New Vegas, I think, is the, the lead writer on the game. Yeah. Don't quote me on that. I think that's what they said. So, I don't know. I think they have something really unique there that they could do if they execute. And,
1: yeah, because... I- Man, looking at it at that way, yes, Th- mm-hmm. this is what makes me more excited about Fable. Because the problem that I have, I have with the original Fable on Xbox, is that it was, it was a little bit frame, some frame rate problems here and mm-hmm. there, and it had some bugs. It's and for some people they could have finished the game, like yeah. me. But now looking at it at that way, because I love Playground, and I think, and I think they are more experienced. And I agree. It's it's not about the story or anything. It's about the game game mechanics and the world that is that you're in. If they Mm -hmm. could get that right, because they know how to build a game like Forza uh, Horizon Four and all like those these kind of big world open world games. If they could really deliver on that, well, while delivering what you just said, Corey, man, it's 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 gambling your nomination. -hmm. Like it's it it, and it is literally top tier RPG for me for Xbox if they could deliver it and to get all three to get all three of these games in 2022 I wouldn't even be like I wouldn't even be like which one's the best I'm like no if they all are hitting nines or even tens or whatever it's not about what is the best it's that we got some of the best Mm -hmm. for all three consoles Mm -hmm. and that matters most to me than anything
0: Mm -hmm. yeah for sure so i'm excited for breath of the wild too i think it's gonna be something really unique and special for switch uh so we're gonna sorry i thought i was gonna sneeze i've it was like one of those like oh my god it's coming yeah but then it doesn't you know uh also, I have like this really weird stuffy nose right now, and I don't understand why. But, anyways, we're gonna—I'm gonna hit on a couple rumored games coming and a couple extra games that maybe we want to hit on. I know that one of the games I'm—I'm I'm really excited for that's been confirmed for next year is uh, .EMU's Ninja Turtles uh, Brawler. Same. Yes. Which is gonna Give be me- awesome.
1: Please let us have online play. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, hold on, yeah. let, me look, let me look up. I had a list, and I accidentally closed the window. Uh, uh,
1: do we yeah. want to talk about Metroid Prime real quick? Um, Yeah, we can jump into Metroid Prime real quick. I think the success of Metroid Dread is going to lead into a Metroid Prime collection. If we don't get it before we get 4 or anything, or even a trailer 4, I think people will seek out a way to play it uh metro prime so and if that game is still available to buy um i think some people will buy because it was it on the eShop for wii u for people to buy i i don't i don't know Hmm. Hmm. but i think people will find a way to go and 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 play and everybody do not spend a hundred or two hundred dollars trying to acquire Acquired the game from eBay and scalpers and stuff. No, just see if you can find that somebody's garage sale that their mom or daddy is selling it, and they don't know what it is, And You'll get it that way mm-hmm. <laughs> and and play it. If not, just look for two and three and play that uh, if you can, and then just or just watch a video of the games and get caught up and stuff. Yeah. Uh, oh,
0: man, I can't find this list I had open, and it was kind of interesting to see. But anyways, Metroid Prime, the trilogy has been rumored for a couple years now, and I think, obviously, they're holding it for the release of Metroid Prime 4 probably six Mm -hmm. months to a year beforehand, right? They usually do that with upcoming games, right? I think Bayonetta 3 was supposed to come out sooner than it did, and that's why Bayonetta 1 and 2 were re-released, uh, yes, I think that it would be really dumb if they did not release the prime trilogy on switch with HD widescreen support, adjust the controls to have like work, make it play like a modern first person shooter. I know that Metroid prime one and two are stuck on that single stick kind of aim mm-hmm. and explore type thing, you know, and, uh, if they can adjust the controls, if if they do something more than what they did with the Mario 3D All Stars Collection, if they do something more along the lines of like I don't know, maybe Skyward Sword HD, although I I don't think that that's a great port, but I, they they did it, they got it working on a controller, and I really appreciate that. I think it's great for the for the game. It got me to play it again. Uh, But as long as they, if they put effort into it, like Wind Waker HD or Twilight Princess HD or Skyward Sword HD, like these kind of remasters or remakes and make them feel like modern games, they're going to, they're just going to just, people are going to eat them up, you know? Yes. I think, I think Metroid Prime is one of, is one of the best games, period. I love that game. I did play it, what, a couple years ago, I think I played it (laughs) on a. When I was just kind of recording and streaming some GameCube games, trying to figure out how all this stuff worked. It's a little dated. That single stick really throws me off. And I think that's why, like. I think that's why Resident Evil 4 also throws me off when I try to go back and play that game. It's because Mm -hmm. it's stuck to the single stick aiming, because the right stick nobody knew what to how to use do the camera and nobody knew that the right stick could be a universal camera kind of swinging stick you know and yes it was weird going back to an era where that's how you control the game (laughs) Uh, but what what do you feel about the Metroid Prime trilogy Ed
1: I uh, man I can I love Metroid Prime um I it was a game that I played the demo SM Goody with and when I got done with the demo walked to the counter and paid my fifty dollars to buy the whole game. I told the i told the cashier, No even I'm not even putting a five of five dollars. I'm buying the whole game. She was just like, Oh really? I'm like, Yeah, I'm gonna put it in full. Um and ever since I played that game, it is great. Um to like, Echoes and Corruption, man, they are so good. They're challenging, but they are so good, and they're unique in their own way. So, to play this now on Switch, definitely with uh... I think Nintendo probably now knows, or the developers now know, how to use the uh, camera angle and everything uh, to uh, make the game work. Uh, definitely with the people at Retro that they got now from mm-hmm. Call of Duty, Battlefield, and to, I want to uh, piggyback
0: off that real quick, Ed.
1: Oh, go ahead. Go ahead.
0: So, yeah, I I think the art style holds up enough to where you don't have to do a lot of work to the graphics except for up the graphics. Right? Yeah. And make it widescreen. I think widescreen would do a lot for this game as oh, well. Oh, please yeah. <laughs> make it widescreen. Which, which that works already done in the Wii version, right? One and two are widescreen. Huh. So that works already done. You up it. I think it's stylized enough to where it would look fantastic on the Switch in HD, right? I mean, you see the, the, uh, dolphin emulator, the way that it's been emulated on that, right? And it just looks huh. gorgeous. Uh, but, One thing that the Switch hasn't utilized since kind of the very beginning is the HD Rumble. What if you're in the scanning mode, and when you're looking around a room to scan stuff, and you like the rumble gets thicker and thicker as you get closer to the items you're supposed to scan?
1: Oh, dude, yeah. You know yes
0: i think that would be a really cool feature kind of like the uh remember in ocarina of time if you had the if you had the rumble pack in right and and uh Uh stuff that you were looking for that it rumbled the closer and closer you got to it
1: yes i think
0: that would be a really cool feature for metroid
1: because it gives you an indication that hey you're close to something big bam execute go search yeah yes yeah Yes. And, like,
0: obviously, when you're moving around the world, like, you can use the rumble and whatever. That's that's fine. But, like, man, if you could just use that HD rumble for effect on scanning stuff or, you know, during exploration, like, maybe, I don't know, use it in a unique way. But, like, the scanning stuff would be awesome.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I can't say no more. <laughs> you can rep <wrap> it. <laughs> yes. Because I... Man, when just something simple as that, yes, because I think it would get more people to play with the Joy-Con because mm-hmm. it's going to feel different playing with the Pro Controller and yeah. stuff. Yeah, I but, think like, I th- I think like, sorry to cut you off again. No, no, go I, ahead. like
0: using the motion controls. I think I think a lot of people would actually benefit, like really like to use those the way that mm-hmm. you know they did on the trilogy for for Wii. You know, I, th- I think a lot of people wouldn't mind that. Now, would I want to use them? No, but I'm not a motion-controlled guy, but I would give it a try, right? Like, I gave it a shot in Mario Odyssey because it did some unique things with throwing the cap or, die- like, dive uh, jumping, and Skyward Sword obviously used it pretty well because it was designed that way, and I think if you took advantage of that, like, it would, it would allow more people to experience the game. You know? Yes. It- it- especially, like... No offense to Nintendo fans, but a lot of them aren't, aren't incorporated into, like, the first-person shooter space the way that maybe Xbox or PlayStation players are, prim- like, primary Xbox and PlayStation players are. Like, Halo yeah. and Call of Duty and Destiny all control very specific ways, right? And that's those games are kind of intimidating to people who don't really play a lot of shooters, right? Like, I, I just think first-person shooters are intimidating in general if you haven't ever really sat down and tried to play them right and yes. if you give give them motion controls and say hey you know this this hand the wherever you're pointing it or you know wherever you're pointing your gun whichever way you're looking like that's going to allow you to move us like if you want to turn left or if you want to turn right like you all you have to do is like move like i think that would ease a lot of people in
1: yeah, and then I, I think with these American uh, uh, developers that's that joined with Retro, because um, this all all these ideas could lead up to Metroid Prime Four. Mm-hmm. And if it if it works, that gives them good indication. Okay, we could probably place this in four. Oh, they said they didn't like it. Hmm. Huh, maybe we could patch it out, or maybe we could see how if we could make it better. And working for the game because I feel like Metro Tril- Prime Trilogy is now needed on Switch to give them a good idea on where Prime Four could really be at because Prime Four shouldn't just play like a regular multi. I mean, not. A regular first person shooter. It's a first person adventure game. So it has to keep the. You already have a template of how it goes, but you got to improve upon it. And with their experience in this field, they should be able to be like, okay, we're going to do. Hold on. I could do this. I'm learning. Wow. And I really feel like that. A lot of those developers and designers they probably just feel like man i really wish that we designed stuff for nintendo earlier to get into their mindset on how things work so that we could put it in because i bet you they probably have been trying stuff with the hd rumble for prime 4 and just have gotten a lot of ideas on how to design this set of world for Metro Prime Four, and what gameplay ideas they could bring in, because I, because man, just just what you, what just with what you mentioned, I could see working in Prime the trilogy, something brand new, and then carrying that over to Prime Four.
0: Yeah, I think I think the biggest thing is like, I guess I guess if you if you're going to have a control scheme, make sure it's consistent throughout all of the games. Yes. Right. I think that's, I think that's the big thing is like, you have to make it consistent and even into prime four. And as long as people are used to playing a certain way, when they boot up the next game, they're like, Oh yeah, this feels familiar. Right. Like this, I can control it this way. And like having multiple control schemes is also going to be really helpful. Like maybe people who like Metroid prime, on the GameCube, maybe you have like a GameCube control scheme where, yeah, I only move the aiming with one stick, right. And the right stick does whatever it's supposed to do. Right. But you could have a modern control scheme, which makes it control like a modern first person shooter. Uh, you know, you remap the buttons, the scan buttons, maybe it, maybe the scan buttons on like, you know, left trigger or whatever, or Z ZL. And, uh, Then maybe you have a motion control scheme and like, you know, or, you know, I mean, even like what Splatoon and Doom do really well is like use the gyroscope in the pro controller to aim. Right. And maybe, yeah, maybe you can like use that to help you aim or scan things. Right. Like there's so many different things you could do to make the make this game as accessible to as many people as possible. And I think they need to focus on that. They really do, because the game's already great. But yeah. a lot of people get turned off by controls, right? So many yes. people get turned off by different control schemes. That, uh, and, and especially I, if they're and used, think, like say say a Call of Duty player has a Switch, right? And they play they play yes. the occasional game on Switch. Oh, Switch is getting an, a first person shooter, right? Like in Metroid, like Metroid Dread. I heard was really good. I played a little bit of it. It was it was really good. Now you're turning into a first person shooter. I'm talking from a perspective of people that didn't play it on GameCube, right? Yes. And they go in and they can't. And like, for me, this is what I did in Halo. Like, the first thing I did in Halo was customize my control scheme to play like Destiny. That was literally the first thing I did before I even played a single match because like the control scheme was so drastically different from Destiny, it turned me off from playing the game. Like, I was Mm -hmm. like, I don't want to play this because like I'm going to. I'm going to get so confused on which game I like, cause like once you fall into that natural rhythm of playing the game that you always, play, I've played thousands of hours of destiny at this point <laughs> in the last eight years. Right? Like my, the, my muscle memory is stuck to that control scheme. So I'm going to want yeah. every first person shooter from here on out that I'm going to play to at least be set up the way that destiny is. So yes. like, if I'm going to go into Metroid prime, I'm going to want it to play like destiny. And if it doesn't play like Destiny or Halo, if I can't get my control scheme like that, it's going to turn me off. Now, granted, I'll, still pl- I'll suck it up and play through it, but a lot of people aren't going to do
1: that. I, and I think, and I think that's why, I think that was the thing about Prime when it first came out because it was kind of the, it was a different way of playing something in first person, um, because it wasn't a level-based game. It was everything was continuous. Everything was uh when you got your power, you switched up on um, the directional pad. You weren't picking up ammo. Uh the only I mean only well, you weren't picking up missile missiles from defeated enemies and and energy. But that is a staple of a Metroid gang. It's just now in three D. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I and I think that with with the way, and it's good that you mentioned Destiny and you playing a lot, of, a lot of hours. Because when you do adjust to a game, and that, that it controls, it just feels right. It's hard playing other games within that genre mm-hmm. with their own control design. I mean, you know, I mean, like, it's
0: it's it's just like once you find your game, like it's not like going into a JRPG and learning the battle system and you know having a menu based yeah. system is like okay, well yeah, it's still a menu-based system. This menu might be different or look different from the last RPG I played, but it's still a menu-based system, and I can figure it out, right? Like, that's kind of like a passive thing, whereas, like, in a shooter, you want to be as responsive as possible. And, like, if I remember correctly, Metroid Prime 2 was extremely difficult. And, like, if you're going to jump into that game and, you know, switching back and forth between your shooter of choice and this, like you're gonna get you're gonna get really peeved and you're gonna turn it off and you're gonna delete it from your system or trade it back into GameStop or whatever and like Yeah. That's not a good look either. So they gotta be really careful with how they approach Metroid Prime and uh whether it's the first game, which is now the rumor, right, is like, oh well, the first game's done. They might just release the first game and then do the other two later when they have time or after they're done with Metroid Prime four.
1: Uh Yeah. And and I think Nintendo is uh equipped now to uh h- allow retro whoever's gonna do it, the port to like really be able to play it like a first person shooter. While while mm-hmm. still having that open openness to it to make yeah. it a venture game. I'm like it it was the control screen the control uh scheme Back when it came out in the in the 2000s for Metroid Prime that is very different cuz it, it, Like I said, it's good that you mentioned it because uh, Destiny because I kind of felt that way with Titanfall 2 Like something about Titanfall 2 I adjusted to and I'm just like man I need to play first-person shooters like the with this control mm-hmm. and I knew that thinking about Prime that it has a different control scheme i just had to adjust a little bit to it and stuff because i think it's i think my muscle memory is that it's a prime game so it just plays like prime but then you play but then i play corruption and i use the motion controls and i'm like oh this is very different yeah but but i think i i think with that though
0: like you go into the motion controls knowing that this controller is totally different, right? Whereas like yes the yes. pro the pro controller on the Switch or even like the the dock for the Joy Cons, right? Like yes the that controller is essentially an Xbox One controller or an or a PlayStation Four or Five controller, right? In terms of yeah how it feels and what it looks like, it's not like the Wii Remote and the Nunchuck or the Joy-Con separated, you know, like it's, or or
1: even the game controller. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That controller, uh, that, that motion is totally different than what you're going to feel in a, in a decent controller and your
1: muscle memory will be different. Right. Yes. So, because, because the pro controller is now, like you said, designed like an Xbox One or PlayStation Four controller, and because Destiny has kind of set the standard, or whatever first person shooter shooter that people play a lot and they're accustomed uh, to, they could adjust it now on the pro controller and play that game that way.
0: Mhm. Yeah. You know. Uh, is there is there anything else you want to talk about, Metroid Prime uh, trilogy before uh, we? I mean, I, I, I mean we I could now, do a whole episode on metroid prime
1: <laughs> I, I i i i have my concerns and i have my doubts for this i think because of metroid dread then the sales that happened with it um i think now that we are going to get a prime trilogy i'm now i am for it. definitely with Man, with the HD rumble idea that you just gave, Corey, that makes me more excited for this if it is implement mm-hmm. uh, implemented in the game. Yeah, because I I miss Met- I miss Metroid Prime, mm-hmm. and I would love to hook up my GameCube, but I'm just like, I have a widescreen TV, and I know the Switch is powerful to up and to up-res this to HD and really make stuff pop. Like I want to see Simmons' face in the uh and in, in her uh, shield. I mean, her her helmet. I want to see how the rain really looks and stuff. Because yeah, they did. They work with what they had, but now time has events. and I really think they could go in and just like beautify, remodel this game and make it look crazy beautiful to make you be like this was a 2000 whatever game 2005 or 4 game it may be in 2002 whenever it came out and it just be like wow this still looks good Mm -hmm. yeah
0: well i i'm excited for a potential hd metroid prime uh whether it's the first game or the entire trilogy of course i would prefer the entire trilogy but i mean yes I, I my only concern is the control scheme. But if they can figure that out and fix it, then I'll be, you know, I'll play it anyway. It's not that big a deal. It's just you know, it could be just some people. Are there any other rumored games, Ed, that you
1: want to talk about or have thought about or anything? Um, at this point in time, not really. Um, there's nothing. Like I said, we don't know much from third party mm-hmm. that they're going to deliver to us. Uh, Nintendo probably got some other games still up their sleeves that we don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe, and I know this is recorded before the Game Awards, but literally... If they do that Metroid Prime trilogy trailer, mm-hmm. if they do a Prime 4 trailer, if they even do Metroid Dread DLC trailer just for fun or whatever for the Game Awards, mm-hmm. it is going to be the talk of the town. It yeah. is Metroid Prime. Metroid, I mean, if they do, I mean, if if
0: Nintendo shows up at the game, well, I mean, they they are right, that Nintendo was confirmed yes. to be there, right? If they if they're there, it's either going to be a title for Breath of the sequel to Breath of the Wild, or it's going to be Metroid Prime. I don't think it's going to be either. I think they're gonna, they might pull a what a a bayonetta style thing where like you know they announce the trilogy and then show a new trailer for, like the re reveal of Metroid Prime Four would be ideal. Yes. I think I think that would be really cool. Uh, but you never know. It's Nintendo. It could just be like oh, here's a, I don't know, a new Pokemon, it's shiny, and that's it, you know? Or it could be something huge, you know? You just never know
1: with Nintendo, so. I, 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 I can not say, if outside of Metroid Prime and Metroid Prime Trilogy and Breath of the Wild, if they end the Game Awards announcing Mario Kart 9 instead of a Direct, mm-hmm. oh, something big has happened. Because, yeah. like, how do you sec- how do you secure a trailer from Nintendo to showcase Mario Kart Nine mm-hmm. that's not in a direct at the yeah. end of the year? Yeah, I
0: don't know. I think I think Metroid is a little bit too close to the chest for Nintendo, but uh, mm-hmm. I would. I'm just sorry. I'm staring at my shelf. It looks like it's gonna fall, and I'm really concerned. So oh. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna stand up real quick and fix that. Because okay.
1: Yeah, I. Man, I think that's the thing about. uh, Yes, like I said, this is before the Game Awards that we're recording this. If Nintendo brings the trailers for the Game Awards, everybody is going to be talking about that show, not for the awards for the traders and it's going to be trending on twitter and other places in social media you already know the boss network team writing team is going to be on it uh getting the stories out we're going to be in chat we are going to be talking about what they show for this trader we're going to analyze it we're mm-hmm. going in because not because it's nintendo or anything but it's because that they got something that we totally did not expect at all yeah yeah
0: so all right well i guess uh i guess we're gonna wrap this episode that 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 was a good talk that you know going into 2022 and expecting what we expect and uh obviously metroid prime is a big topic at the moment especially with the success of metroid dread i'm very excited and i'm very excited but uh, we're gonna we're gonna wrap this episode, Ed. I wanna thank everybody for watching and or listening. Remember, you can get this episode two weeks early on Patreon. Patreon.com Boss Network. You can follow us on Twitter and all social media at Boss Source Network. If you don't want to pay for the episode, you can subscribe to the free feed. Go right ahead. You know, like we said, Patreon is just a way to support us if you want, but you don't have to. These topics are meant to be evergreen, so you don't have to be up on them. You know, I mean, this episode's probably going to be out of date by the time it goes up anyway, so whatever. Uh, Ed, I want to thank you for your time tonight. Really appreciate you. Remember, you can go to phosphorus.net. Check out all of our content and uh, find all of our shows. Check it out. Very You can follow, follow yeah. at, at that Retro Code. You can follow me at IM4AHD. Thank you so much for watching and or listening. And until next time, we love you. Goodbye.
1: Bye everybody.